Yo, today's QOD is what do I love to do and how can I get paid to do it? Here we go. Welcome back to the Quarter of the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Finance Friday episode where we talk about all things money mindset. We've got Dr. John Martini on the show today. And today he's going to talk about finding a mentor, an advisor to help you to create a financial plan and to help you to make those decisions. He's going to talk about the two different types of advisors and which ones to avoid. But he also talks about how you can turn what you love to do into a well-paying job or career. I think about this. The stuff I, actually, you know what? Let's back up a little bit. I love to go on YouTube and watch motivational talks, seminar talks. I have taken the thing that I love to do and created this podcast And I get paid literally to watch talks on YouTube. Isn't that crazy? In my free time, I like to read. Like I'm going to read anyway. But I also have a book club where we read a chapter a week. And I'm going to read it anyway again. And then we talk about it. And then people pay a monthly fee to be part of that community. So I read. I put together questions. And then we talk about it on Wednesdays. And I've gotten paid, I mean, over the last, I don't know, three or four years since I've been doing it, like multiple six figures to talk about books. The stuff that I read about and the stuff that I watch talks about, that information goes into my Boss Brain Method online program. And so I got paid to watch those videos. I got paid to read some of those books. Then I put it into a program and I get paid to teach the program. So you can get paid to do pretty much anything is the point here. You can turn what you love to do into something that pays you really well. And all it takes is just a little bit of creativity and also consistency. Because of course, you got to build the audience. You got to attract the people who want to be part of what you're doing, but you can do it. Dr. John Martini, he is coming up. It is wise to surround yourself with people that understand and know how to manage money. And I mentioned earlier that it's wise to find people who have accumulated some wealth and are assisting other people in doing the same. And when you find an advisor, it's wise to have an accountant. It's wise to have uh, at least a periodic evaluation as you accumulate wealth with a tax attorney specializing in tax laws, because anything you can do that will avoid tax, unnecessary tax, but not evade tax, is to your advantage. You want to know the laws so thoroughly that you're not throwing away money unnecessarily. You also advise to have an advisor, a financial advisor, that can help you organize a master plan for your finances. Now, the value of that is that they take all of your assets, all of your goals, all of your dreams, what your ambitions are, where do you want to be financially, and helps you structure a plan of action to do it. 
Now, some of the things that I'm going to give you over this next day and a half are going to help you in that, but I still advise having an advisor. Now, you've got two different types of advisors. They're overly optimistic and overly pessimistic types of advisors. And sometimes you get a real balanced one. My advice is getting a balanced one, and, and that takes some uh, questioning processes. I think it's wise to interview a bunch of them and find out people that might give you referrals and interview a bunch. No harm in doing that. You might pick up ideas along the journey anyway. An optimistic one is somebody who usually will sell you a product that they get a commission of and they'll want you to buy into their products and they're optimistic about your possibilities of making sure that they make money. A couple of you are laughing because you've obviously introduced yourself to a few of those along the journey. Uh, the pessimistic ones are the ones that say, no, don't take any risks, just uh, you know, keep it simple. And they're basically what I call bean counters. They basically count it and they're, they don't have a... They're not really gain, uh, understanding of the mind. They're understanding just the mechanics of the mathematics, but not the mind game, the potential of the human mind. You need a little of both. Typically, the accountants move in the direction of the skeptical side. They're more the drier side on it. And the people are selling products, the financial planners selling the products are usually on the other side. The financial managers who are fee for service, that just, you just sit down with them and have a fee, their service by the hour, uh, they're usually more in between or more on the, 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 the realistic side. But I recommend that you actually interact with both. Now, one of the ways I got their advice and developed a fair exchange was I went to some financial planners and asked if they would like to do programs because I was really good at generating clients for them and they were really good at educating people. So I merged a program together to help them get clients and they therefore gave me financial advice and also uh, gave advice by the seminar. So I worked a deal where I was getting paid to get financial advice. How many of you understand that? I want you to have as an affirmation that no matter what I do, I do what I love, I love what I do, and I'm handsomely rewarded, I'm handsomely and beautifully paid to do what I love. So you want to be able to do that. So if you'd love to meet an incredible person, you ask, instead of saying, how can I afford to meet them, you want to just ask, how can I get paid to meet that person? How can I get paid to get financial advice? How can I get paid to um, travel the world? Because I'm totally in belief that that's doable. Totally believable. I had a lady that said to me at a program I did in Quebec City, Canada, she said, uh, well, I don't know how I could get paid to do what I love. And I said, what is it you love to do? She says, I love doing flamenco dancing. And I said, so why don't you do flamenco dancing and get paid for that? She goes, well, how in the hell are you going to do that? And I said, well, I can tell you right now, I don't know any flamenco dancing, but I guarantee you, I can think of something in just seconds here on how I could make probably five or $10,000 a week doing that. And she goes, well, you got to tell me that. And I said, well, how many people in the world love to do flamenco dancing? She says, oh, I have a lot of friends that love to do flamenco dancing. I have this little flamenco dancing group that uh, we get together and we have these dances and stuff. And I said, well, do you think you got at least 20 or 30 of them, 40 of them that you know that you can get contact with? Or do you think you got somebody out there in the world connected to some sort of flamenco dancing group? She goes, yeah. And I said, what if all of a sudden you decided to take them on a trip to Spain and have the greatest flamenco dancer to actually train them in flamenco dancing? They got to take a trip and spend a week in Spain and danced every day. And do you think you could organize that and coordinate that and get all the people together and charge your fee on top of it and get paid to do that? And she goes, well, tell me more about it. I said, well, if you don't, I'll do it because that sounds cool to me now that I think about it. 
And I said, uh, why don't we just get a list of all those people and let them know that we're doing it and contact the person who's the top flamenco dancer there, this famous one, and find out what their fee is. Because if you call them up and say, we were looking at uh, maybe booking you and finding out what your fee is, and they'll say, well, it's so many thousands of dollars to do a flamenco training or whatever, then what you do is you find out it is, you calculate that up, you get the number of people you want to get together, you organize a nice trip, you make some other things that people would want to go while they go to Spain on it, you organize the whole thing, coordinate it. Put in a fee for yourself to cover the week of your time and sell it. See what happens. She had 12 people go, $5,000. She made $60,000. She ended up paying $42,000. She made about $18,000 in total. Plus, she met some famous flamingo dancers and had a great time in Spain. You got my point? I maybe got, got the message here. So the, what is, the things you want to do is you want to ask, what is it I love to do and how do I get paid to do it? What is it I love to do and how do I get paid to do it? Most people are going, what is it I love to do and how do I afford to do it? totally different outcome. Was it, what would I love to do and how do I afford to do it versus how to, what does I love to do and how do I get paid to do it? I've done that over and over again. Once I figured that out, I, was going, I said, I'd love to go to Egypt. I'd love to go to Tibet. I'd love to go to the Himalayas. I'd love to go to these places. And I said, so how do I go there and get paid to do it? Well, all I do is find out a group of other people that would love to go there too, which isn't hard to find out, and offer and put together an incredible package that they wouldn't want to pass up. And I took 30 people to Egypt. And I made $60,000 to go into Egypt. Not bad to go on a trip to Egypt for 60 grand, isn't it? How many of you got what I'm saying here? How many of you are getting your brainstorming going? So I just go, well, I'd love to do it. And I found eye contact Abercrombie and Kent. I said, well, if I get some people together and you get some people together, what would the fees be? I'll charge more to cover my time and energy. We could be away from my business. And I'll go and spend a couple weeks in Egypt. Let's so all just say, it's an infinite possibility. Let's do like a Deepak does. Infinite potentiality. Everybody know Deepak, yes? Infinite potentiality here. It's all possible. It's just the quality of your life based on the quality of the questions you ask. If you ask quality questions, you get a quality life. You get, when you make your vocation and vacation the same and you get paid to do what you love, your life is available to you. So totally possible. I know another gentleman that loved doing woodwork. He loved doing working with his hands, doing woodwork. And he was working in a company as a manager. And he got laid off from the management company. And we were at the time, as a doctor, I was hiring somebody to do management. He came into my office. He said, he says, I'm the perfect guy from you. I can do management and everything else. And he was overly zealous about being this manager for me. And I turned to him and put him on a spot, hit him really a humbling question. I said, if you're such a great hum, uh, manager, I got a question for you. If I gave you a million dollar check right now and, and you didn't work and you didn't have to work the rest of your life, you just had a million dollars cash, you didn't have to work, what would you do with your life? And he said, well, I would do woodworking. I love making furniture and stuff like that. And I said, so that's what you'd love to do? If I give you a million right now, you didn't have to work, that's what you do? He goes, yeah. I said, if you're such a dang good manager, why are you not doing that? If you want me to hire if you, want me to hire you for my company, run my company, and you haven't even run your life, why would I hire you to run my company when you can't even run your life? You can't run your life and do what you love and love what you do and get paid handsomely to do it. He looked at me and he goes, he was totally humbled. He says, I didn't know I was going to run into someone like you today. And I said, well, you did. He says, that's my screening process to find out what people are really dedicated to. I asked him if they, had, if they really want a job here. If I give them a million dollars, would they do that job in their life? Because they wouldn't want to do that job. I don't want to hire them. I want somebody who really wants to do that job. I'm going to be gone. I can't manage you. I want to be able to free and do your job. So this person stopped. He says, Dr. DiMartini, that was a really eye-opening question. And I can tell you right now, you're absolutely right. I'm not the person for this job. And I said, great. Thank you for being honest. He says, I really appreciate that question. You got me thinking. So he disappeared. Three weeks later, he comes back into my office. 
with a bag, a paper bag. He asked if he can see me, and I'm back in the, with adjusting patients and stuff. I come back, and uh, he sits in my office, and I walk in there, and he says, hi. And I says, I remember you. And he says, Dr. Martini, I just want to say thank you. And I said, why? He said, because a few weeks ago I came here, and I told you I was kind of cocky, and I told you I wanted to take over this position as a manager, and you asked me a humbling question, made me realize that I wasn't doing really management in my life. And then you made me stop and think about what is I really love to do and why am I not living that life? And you know what? That night I went into business. I sit there for three months, haven't had a job for three months, and I realized I could go on for months like that, and my heart really wasn't into it. My heart was really into making furniture. And so what, Dr. Demartini? I am in business. I got my first couch the other day. It's a $1,200 couch, and I'm on, I know I'm going to build my business now. I'm going to build a furniture company. And I said, fantastic. He says, and I got a gift for you because what you just did is set me free from my life. And I said, what's that? He says, when I was in your office and I was walking through the office, I noticed that in the exam rooms, you didn't have a Kleenex holder. I said, that's right. I just have Kleenex sitting there. He says, well, I just thought it would be nice to have a professional Kleenex holder hanging on the wall that matched all the decor in the place, that matched the woodwork in your place. And so I custom designed them and I'd like to put them in your office. And I said, absolutely. So you put these things in on a hinge, you put the Kleenex box underneath it, it comes down, it matches all the other woodwork. So he was a very astute and he was noticing the colors. And because of his highest value as building furniture, he noticed things like that in, the company, in the, my office. He's in business today doing what he loves to do. So there's always a way of doing something that inspires you that can't, you can't wait to get up in the morning to go do and make a hell of a profit and have, in a sense, a heavenly state doing that. But you've got to ask the quality questions. That was Dr. John Demartini wrapping up the week on a Finance Friday. His website is drdemartini.com. You can check out today's entire talk on a program you can find on audible.com. It is called Dr. John Demartini's Ultimate Wealth Mastery Library, Key Strategies for Financial Mastery. All right, my friend, have a great weekend. I am out. Peace. Peace.